Extraterrestrial life forms have fascinated generations of people. From cinema to literature, we have been fascinated with the question of whether or not human beings are alone and unique in the universe. As our understanding of the universe expands, so do our questions. And while these questions and those who ask them have lived on the periphery of quote-unquote normal society, the recent congressional hearings on government transparency related to UAPs, commonly referred to as UFOs, have moved these questions to the foreground. All of this has ramifications for how we understand the Bible and our theology. It forces us to consider whether we are not just the observers of the universe, but also the subjects of observation. As we continue to learn more about the universe and our place in it, reassessments will likely need to be made again and again. In those reassessments, the ancient and modern inevitably intersect. In this episode, we ask, what if we aren't alone and unique in the universe? Have these kinds of questions become less outlandish given what we know about the universe? How does this affect our reading of scripture and our theology? All that and more on this edition of the podcast. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Reichard Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. see you virtually oh yes same same to you you're uh, enjoying your start to the semester yeah it's been a good semester so far we are um we are experiencing a cool streak here in waco texas oh that's so probably that's refreshing a welcome a welcome respite from the heat yes we're same not here, in triple actually. digits anymore Oof. Yeah, what is what does a cool streak mean in Texas? It's like eighty or something. Um, yeah, we're in the upper eighties, maybe low nineties. Dang. <laughs> "Quote unquote cool streak." <laughs> hey, that's great though. It's better than hundreds. Yeah, exactly. And you want to know who days. doesn't care about the temperatures on Earth? Aliens. Oh, <laughs> good segue. Seamless a, transition. A good, good segue there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we are talking about aliens. That's the topic. Yeah. Who knew, you know, six seasons in that we'd be talking about this? Yeah, I mean, it's taken us too long, honestly. I don't know how yeah. we haven't talked about aliens before. S- season one, Reichert and Lucas would never have imagined this. Yeah, yeah, this but is here a travesty. We are. Yeah, well, we, you know, we live with the cards that we've been dealt with, even if we did the dealing, but... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it should be good. Um, I guess we can just hop in. I can give a little bit of a setup of why we're talking yeah, about this. Yeah, that might be helpful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not coming out of left field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, if you've been paying 
even a little bit of attention to the news. You probably it was one of those uh you know, fifteen minutes of fame or what do they call it? The news cycle where, you know, something's really big for like two days and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh but basically there was a congressional hearing, um which was by the there's a committee for government transparency, so that's like what the umbrella that it was under. Uh but this specific congressional hearing on government transparency was about uh, UAP sightings, which UAP is the hip new way to say UFO, <laughs> uh, which means unidentified anomalous phenomenon, not aerial phenomenon, which you'd think it would, but unidentified oh, anomalous, okay. yeah, anomalous huh. phenomenon. So I don't know if they maybe they if wanted that to means... stay away from the the, the flying, yeah, flying, <laughs> yeah, exactly, the UFOs. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, usually this refers to um, commercial or military pilots who see, you know, an unidentified anomalous phenomenon. And I think a part of the reason why it's anomalous is because there's a lot of unidentified aerial phenomenon. For instance, sure. that weather balloon or whatever that everybody was right. freaking out about a couple months ago. Um so there's a lot of unidentified aerial phenomenon that are not unidentified anomalous phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been like building for a while. Um, I think it was in 2021. Uh, Might have been 2020, but I think it was 2021 when the um, the videos of the navy pilots uh were released well they were leaked first mm-hmm. and then like officially released by <laughs> the pentagon afterwards they're uh, out, so yeah they're they're out now, so uh which basically it's like uh the videos aren't like the greatest because it's not video how we think of video where mm-hmm. it like looks like how human beings experience sight it's like from a you know from a military uh like like official uh, what like technical camera, you know, so everything's like gray mm-hmm. and, right. and like, uh, yeah, it just doesn't look like how we would think of a video, but, but basically there's like a little tic tac and it's, you know, flying all around. And anyway, so these videos are released and obviously, you know, there's no explanation for them. Um, so that, that happened in 2021. Um, yeah. So things have been building to like this type of, uh, um, I guess, I guess, building to the point where like Congress is taking this seriously, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas it used to yeah. be like you know UFO sightings, it's conspiracy theories and and right. that kind of thing. Which I think the stigma is still there, um, and it's actually a big part of what they talked about in the congressional hearing is like uh, pilots who like submit a UAP sighting. Like a lot of times, it's like detrimental to their like uh, advancement in whatever uh like professionally like in there yeah professionally exactly and so part of like the hearing was like they want to remove that stigma and then also like uh establish like a a formalized way to report uaps that are not that's not because there's there's literally no process for pilots right now and so it's like if you report it it's like you know it's like people think you're weird or whatever um so that was a lot of act- like honestly the you can go watch the committee uh like the hearing it's on YouTube it's like two and a half hours, uh most of it is kind of boring, 
<laughs> you know, because they're just talking about like processes to establish like reporting. You know, right. it's like this is boring. But some of it is crazy. So the the hearing is there were three former, or I guess three military veterans. Two are pilots who uh, um, have had experiences with UAPs, and then uh, one is a retired major who was on the Pentagon's UAP task force, which I think was established just a couple years ago. Um, and he has, I don't exactly get how it works, but he, he, so he ended his time there in April and then became a whistleblower. But I think he became a whistleblower in like the legal sense of the term. I don't exactly get it. Um, mm. But so a lot of times when he was asked questions, he was like, I can't, talk about that <laughs> you know like in without being in like a secure environment they call the skiff in the in the hearings which apparently is like a everybody puts their phone or doesn't bring their phones in and it's like lead lined room or whatever um anyway all that to say the the major who so he was like the the two pilots were there like anecdotally you know and one of them started a foundation for like uh i forget what it was called i could probably find it in two seconds it's called the americans for safe aerospace which is uh supposedly like helps commercial and military pilots report uaps mm. um so that's one of the pilots but like the main guy was the was the major who was on that task force uh and he didn't have firsthand uh access to some of the things he was talking about but he interviewed 40 people who are still currently employed by the Pentagon who have said, quote unquote, that we've retrieved non-human biologics from non-human craft. <laughs> yeah, I uh, kept hearing that phrase, like just repeated <laughs> incessantly during this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which that was the big headliner, right? Uh, but it was like like when he was talking about it in the hearing, like it was a... Uh, like most of it's just boring, like you know whatever's happening. Mm -hmm. But that was a pretty. I watched the whole thing because I'm, you know, I'm that guy who's willing to watch a two and a half hour <laughs> congressional hearing on UFOs or whatever. Uh, but it it was like exciting when he when he was talking about some of these things. Um, I will say, it is all like secondhand. Like he said that he didn't have firsthand knowledge, but he his, part of his process was interviewing. Uh, interviewing people who had firsthand uh so and then whenever whenever the questions were like specific from the congress people congress persons um he would always say like we have to get into a skiff like a secure environment for me to talk about whatever that question was so so a part of me is like this is really seems like good evidence that there's you know extraterrestrials but then another part of me is like but i mean there wasn't any hard like there was no hard evidence presented right. at the hearing you know what i mean it was just yeah. it was just uh secondhand uh information mm -hmm. so except for except for the pilots who had firsthand encounters but like no evidence you know other than those uh one of them one of them was present during the leaked uh videos that i talked about earlier that the navy mm -hmm. had uh had released so anyway so that's it, it definitely was like in the news cycle for two seconds and everyone was talking about it. And then, you know, it's 2023 and there's 10 million problems. So, you know, we don't, we don't, 
we didn't dwell on it very long as a society. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's fun and, and interesting and you know, raises some interesting questions. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, this is a segue. I think that was helpful in terms of contextualizing the conversation that we're going to have. Yeah. But, I mean, this is a good segue into our, the first kind of, I guess, two-part question, right, that we pose. Like, what if we're not alone and unique in the universe? And then have those kinds, like, have these kinds of questions because of what you know, has transpired, have those kinds of questions become less um, outlandish, less, less weird, um, sure. Given, you know, again, given what has happened and what we know about the universe or what we're continuing to learn about the universe. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, the interesting thing is uh, we, so me and Ruth went with some friends to a showing of Return of the Jedi at Red Rocks in Colorado. <laughs> Just the, like, Oh, in the amphitheater? Yeah, like they like did a showing and tons of people were there and uh, oh, cool. yeah, it was fun. It was just like it was just like a showing of the movie. Um, which here's the thing, still tough to get through some parts of it. It's like wow, we're really slowing down the pace here in 1983 or whatever. <laughs> Love Star Wars to be clear, uh, but before they showed the movie, like a uh, um, an engineer, I believe for NASA. Either way, an aerospace engineer who works on like. Uh, space projects like the International Space Station that kind of thing she like came out and like it was just like a fun she did a, like a fun presentation on like Star Wars versus like real world like mm. you know space exploration or whatever um, and one of the things she talked about was like how present exoplanets are which are like planets that could potentially like as far as we like know about life on earth, they could host life, mm. uh, you know, where, wherever they are. So like there's a Goldilocks zone. Well, there's tons of Goldilocks zones, but mm -hmm. there's like a Goldilocks zone for uh, like how far away a planet is from their star, right? Where too right. close, too hot, too far, too cold. And then obviously like work. earth is yeah. Goldilocks. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of those like parameters where you have to get it just right for like liquid water to exist. And then, you know, mm -hmm. certain chemicals for, organic stuff to exist so there's all these uh like things that have to be just right but like given how many stars there are with exoplanets um i forget the exact number that she said but it was in like you know the trillions or whatever of planets that could potentially host life in the known universe so i mean just like statistically you know it's not impossible mm -hmm. and it seems yeah. i mean i'm no I'm no mathematician, <laughs> but it seems possible, you know? Right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where the more you, the more... Um, the more our knowledge about the universe expands, um, the less and less weird the question in general gets. Um, sure. I think the like the ramifications and the 
portrayals of what that might look like. Um, I think probably, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, if we look back at, for example, a movie like a, a film like Arrival, right? Yeah. Which I think is fascinating from the aspect of of linguistics. Yes, um, totally. The, uh, like, stuff like that, I'm sure, will seem laughable, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. Um, sure. If we continue on this trajectory of, of you know, of discoveries. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's a, there's probably a trend to where there's, there's going to be a trend of these questions becoming more and more commonplace. Um, the, the, the people who are asking them probably aren't going to be looked at as weirdly as they yeah. would have. Like we talked about it in the previous um, episode a little bit, right, of like these technological advances. This isn't yeah. even talking about, you know, life forms, uh, if we want to call them that. But sure. like just the technological advances would have seemed laughable to the people at that. Yeah. Well, us at this point, looking back, you know, yeah. at early Star Trek episodes or something and the technology sure. that was so advanced uh, or were portrayed as so advanced, like this is common, like technology yeah, yeah, yeah. now to us. Yeah. Yeah. You look at Star Wars and they're like turning a dial or something. It's like, we don't even have <laughs> dials anymore. It's like touch screens. I don't know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Like every, every other car has a, basically a computer screen and a computer built yeah. into it and, you know, yeah. So it'll become more and more commonplace, um, I think. And so it's like our – so I do wonder, though, if um, if the kinds of questions we ask will be, like, will be reformulated. Like, so for the, for the acronym that um, was used, right? So we talked about UAPs versus – UFOs. I guess I don't. Do you know why the? I think maybe you talked about it a little bit. Do you know specifically why there is resistance to using UFO as a term? And yeah, I mean, I don't know for sh like for certain, but I think I think there's just like a stigma with UFOs. Like people think flying right. saucers. That's what and, I would you know assume, little yeah. green men or whatever. Um, but I also think it's, like, not super accurate to what they're talking about because I think – well, maybe that's where, like, the balloon that came is – that's, like, a UFO. You know, it's, like, an right. unidentified flying object. We don't know. Or, like, you know, a person who – there's people who go up in, uh, like, paragliders. You know what I mean? It's, like, they don't have any, like uh, – like, they don't have any, like uh, – what am I trying to say? Uh, like, there's no process where they're like, I'm going to be in this area of the sky at this time. You know what right. I mean? Like, they're just out there paragliding. So it's like unidentified flying object. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, one, it's to be more, like, specific on what we're talking about. And then, yeah. two, to get, obviously, to get away from, like, you know, people thinking, yeah, it's sci-fi. Which, I mean, I, I think a part of it is, like, I mean, it's fun because it is, like, sci-fi <laughs> come to life, you know? Uh, but obviously, like... <laughs> yeah. When the concerns of Congress is like national security or whatever, you know, um, you know, they're, they're not going to want it to be like, well, I think it's good to remove the stigma, too, because like, I don't know, it's mm -hmm. like, let's just talk about these things, especially if there's like actually good evidence that like, I mean, there's stuff flying around that we don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And seemingly like 
so a lot of what like the pilots were there at the congression uh, congressional hearing, like a lot of what they were saying was basically like these things were moving like nothing, like nothing that we right. have. Like they weren't yeah. moving like planes. Like they, mm-hmm. and I don't remember the exact words they used, but like basically they were saying there was no propulsion, but they were just like moving like er- mm-hmm. in erratic ways. And so it's like mm-hmm. that's not a like that's not a thing that our planes or you know whatever mm-hmm. technology they were flying yeah. like i guess in a lot of ways it, it broadens it broadens it out a little bit as well right as opposed to if it's it moves from an an inquiry about uh, an object to an an, an event uh, right it's a what is yeah. it yeah um unexplained anomalous phenomenon yeah unidentified anomalous phenomenon yeah, yeah so i guess yeah it is kind of an event at that point like yeah. it's an experience which broadens it out a little bit right yeah yeah um yeah, so, I mean, it is interesting. I mean, I do think, I guess part of the unfortunate thing is, like, when you say UAP, like, maybe the average person is like, what's, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know, like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? So, like, that's where, like, UFO is more, like, broadly recognized. But then UFO, like, comes with so much baggage that it's, like, right, almost not even worth it. So Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it is, I mean, it is interesting. So, I'm one to where, like, I just, I... I mean, we've talked about, like, conspiracy theories on the podcast before, right? I just think, like, conspiratorial mm-hmm. thinking is, like, unhelpful <laughs> to society, you know? if the, Like, if there's not good evidence to something, like, I just I just don't – I don't think we need to, you know – why speculate on something where we have no evidence, you know? It's like, what's the point? Um, but, like, with this stuff, it's like there's actually, like, corroborated evidence at least like in those videos and then here you have like reputable eyewitnesses you know who um Mm -hmm. the pilots who are eyewitnesses and then uh that major who you know has talked or i guess is an interviewer of of witnesses so a little bit secondhand but still reputable you know and so that's where it's like well now this seems to be exiting the realm of conspiracy theories, which I remember like in the early days of YouTube, like watching alien conspiracy theories, <laughs> you know, I was like, like everyone's an alien and blah, 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 blah. So it's like, obviously this, we have to acknowledge that this has lived in the realm of conspiracy theory for a while, which I think that's why it's so like, you know, the average person is like, that's silly. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems like evidence is pulling it out of that realm into the realm of like, you know, actually, like policy making in Congress, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's it's definitely interesting. Yeah, it it's very interesting to think of like the idea that because for the longest time, like the the human race has prided itself on being able to make to to observe the universe and make sense of. Um, and make sense of the the universe um, sure. in some form or fashion, and it's interesting to think of the possibility that we are not alone in <laughs> um, in in that role or in yeah. that capability that we could at the same time that we are the ones observing the universe, we are also being observed and are the subjects yeah. in in a lot of ways like the things that we ourselves that we ourselves you know observe we're kind of the same way it's in, kind of interesting to think about yeah for sure no i mean it is i mean if we're just gonna start speculating here which i don't think we want to spend too much time doing but if you want to hear my speculation 
if if it's just a bunch of ships coming and they they just you know they're zooming around for a while and they fly back up i think we're basically just a nice we're like a a national reserve or like a like a national state or state park or whatever <laughs> we're like the wildlife you know wildlife reserve and they're like oh look at the <laughs> look at these primitive little intelligent life forms all right bye <laughs> you know they just leave anyway that's my that's my take on it or it could be an independence day scenario yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could be. I mean, maybe it's Arrival. Maybe they're coming here to help us with seeing into the... Honestly, yeah, Arrival is incredible. That was a... If you haven't seen Arrival, listener, it's worth a... It's worth a beyond, watch. Yeah, beyond the sci-fi nature yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because mostly yeah. it's like about... Like I said like, earlier. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. what were you saying? No, yeah, like the linguistics. I think that's what you were going to say as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's just an yeah. interesting case study of, um, of, yeah, what communication is and how one goes about it. Totally. Yeah, it's a good one. You should watch it, everybody. Thanks for listening to this edition of Questions from the Pew. We're actually going to have to make this conversation into a two-parter with part two airing next week. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com slash questions from the pew. If you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that will help others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd love to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way and without giving your information. The same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For questions from the pew, I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time. Bye.